Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in to another podcast, and happy Friday. Um, we've got John Haller on the line. So many things to talk about, but I want to quote him after sending me three pages of material we could cover for three or four hours. At the end of his bullet points, his final words were, what a mess this world is. So we're going to try to clear things up. <laughs> <laughs> and get down to the nitty-gritty today with Pastor John Hallard, lawyer, elder, teacher, over at Fellowship Bible Chapel. You can check out his FBC YouTube channel and get the prophecy updates he does weekly. John, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth. Good to be back, David. John, what a mess, I agree, and God is absolutely aware and in control of what's going on, although I think he's allowing um, evil <laughs> off the charts to happen. But I want to start with an email I just got in my inbox from one of our insiders, a public teacher who is a Christian in the Green Bay area. Uh, the subject is, I thought Pride Month was in June. He says, hi, David, hope all is well. I thought I would send this to you. Got an email this morning. Now we have Pride History Month. Unreal. He said, I'm not going to do anything with this material, but looking like more and more, this will be my last year of teaching. Pray that God will open another door for me to use his talents elsewhere. And so I'm going to stop right there and just remind you guys, there are a very, very small number of true Christian, Bible-believing Christians in the school system, and their hands are tied. They're not able to say much, obviously, about the gospel, the Bible, their faith, um, and in rare circumstances. But there are some true believers in there, and pray for them. They've got a tough Job and, and so the school sent out this email. October is LGBTQIA plus History Month. And they're sending out a district vetted resource for the whole school district to be used in students. And it says, thanks for all you do to help all students feel safe, supported, and seen in the classroom. John Heller, let's start right there. It's sad. This is an open agenda. And there's parents, a lot of parents aren't aware of what I just shared, that it's been happening for a decade or two. Uh, just your quick thoughts, and then you've got some fascinating information about the growth of the anti-transgender movement in the U.K. So, yeah, let's, uh, this thing sort of touches on so many different issues. Yep, yep. Um, it, it, it's, it's kind of overwhelming when you start, it's, it's like a... Uh, an onion with a thousand layers <laughs> and you start peeling it back and you see another one and another one, and another one. So let me just sort of reaffirm what you said about the green Bay issue with the teacher that wrote to you. I, I get contacted by teachers all the time. Yep, inside and of, yep. you know, it, it's, it's in, it's in States all over the country, but Christopher Rufo at uh, city journal and then at his own rep website and his Twitter account, real, yep. real Chris Rufo does a really fantastic job of, of collecting all of this stuff. So about two weeks ago, and, and the, the problem is I try to cover what I think are big, important issues on my prophecy update. I've started doing a midweek update, and I did one the other day, and it was about an hour and 50 minutes, and I was just sort of sitting in front of my computer talking about sort of free association, what came to mind. So the the, the number of topics that we that we talk about. And I, and I think that all of this being connected, I think is kind of biblical because one of the things I talk about is convergence. Yes. And in the, and, and in the convergence area is that there are a lot of different lines of Bible prophecy and all of these lines of Bible prophecy are going to be uh, coming together and happening at all at the same time. Yeah. And th there's a biblical support for this because in, in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus says, when you see all these things, so he, he has all these things that he's talking about. And, and we know that there are these, you know, the seals and trumpets and 
uh, things that are mentioned in Revelation that are going to be happening. And then there's a lot of dispute, a lot of dispute over how those fit together. Are they sequential? Do they overlap? And my view is that when, when they start, they continue all the way till the Lord returns back. Mm-hmm. So, for example, and when you see the thing uh, about the, the, ho- the horse regarding famine, uh, or the red horse, I, I titled my update this last Sunday. Uh, you can't say, I don't know if the horse is riding right now, the seal has been open, but it seems like somebody's slapping the red horse on the rear end to get <laughs> with the way things are going on. So I titled it Slapping the Red Horse, and you can fill in the rest of that phrase. Uh, and I got that from... Um, Pete Garcia, a friend of mine. Oh, he's going to suggested he's going to be on with us on Monday, so we're going to talk about that. Okay, well, I, we were just kind of talking back and forth. He goes, "Well, at least somebody's slapping the red." And I said, <laughs> oh, well, you know, I disagree with you, Pete, on that. But uh, thanks for an update title. <laughs> so um, we all work together, you know, in our own little way. Right, right. So, um, so Jesus says, when you see all these things, so for example, if you have the the horse with the famine, it says a denarius for a measure of wheat. Mm. It means a day's wages for a measure of wheat will be one of the characteristics of the of this that seal. But then the, the question becomes, well, if you get to a point where it's half a day's wages, wages for a, a measure of wheat or three quarters of a day's wages for a measure of wheat, are you, is the seal opening and, and starting to come about? Because, you know, I just don't think that you're going along, everything is normal, that boom, everything costs, uh, a measure, you know, a day, a day's wages for a measure of wheat. I think it's a progressive thing that expands over time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, yeah. So it's, anyway, it's, so go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say it's fascinating how there's some implosion now. Some on the left, let's just call them the LGB, <laughs> think that the T has carried this a little too far. But it is right. being weaponized, monetized. I mean, I just brought up a headline from Daily Wire and Grandview Research. Mentioned it yesterday. Gender transition surgery industry may balloon up to $5 billion by the year 2030. So, John, this is a, you know, the love of evil. I mean, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Well, and it's like they're they're weaponizing the schools yep. to get the, to push the kids into this. So an example would be uh, the National Education Association, and it's always interesting when you when you accuse Vanderbilt or other hospitals of doing these gender transition surgeries and doing them on minors. They immediately it's misinformation, disinformation. You're lying. This is not true. You can't prove that we're doing this. <clears throat> but then you go to their websites. And like when uh, Matt Walsh did a thing on Vanderbilt down in Nashville, yep. which I think is in the same town as Daily Wire. Yes. Uh, and he did he did a great expose on them. And then Vanderbilt, they took down their whole website. Yes. But thank, thank, thankful to the Internet people who created a thing called archive.org. And you can go into archive.org. But to reaffirm, to get back to the subject we started on with the Green Bay Schools, Chris Rufo had a number of articles a couple weeks ago about teachers in a local uh, Hilliard, Ohio school district. Now, I used to live in Dublin, Ohio uh-huh. until a couple of years ago. Hilliard was just to the south of it. I mean, they, it bordered on Dublin. So this is like one of the local schools that you know kids in my neighborhood and around us would go to. The teachers have a, a name badge, and on the name badge is a QR code. If the kid scans the QR code, it takes them to the NEA sex ed website. And when you start looking at the sex ed website, David, I could not talk to you about the things that are on this website with, without you, know, you having uh, FCC problems. Right. It's very similar to the mother down in... Uh, I think it was in North Carolina, who went to the school board meeting and she started reading from a book that was in the school library. Yes. And the school board president shut her mic off saying, that's pornographic. You can't read that. And she said, that's the point. Yes. You take your you have this in the library for my kids. And so when they want the book taken out of the library, 
what does everybody on that do? Oh, censorship, book burning, all this other stuff. And it's no, nobody's saying that they can't publish that book. It's just you can't publish that book and put it in the library because I've got to answer all the questions for my kids. Wow. I, I will share with you a personal story. Sure. Um, I won't say who it is, but um, a friend had a little girl. She, she's in a small town in a, in a middle America state. And she had a, a classmate who was not having a very good home life, but her mother and grandmother helped her out. The grandmother and and mother and grandmother were killed in the car accident last year. And the little girl was injured. And as a result, she has seizures. But my, but this, this little girl would come home, the friend of this other little girl and ask her mom, she's like, Mommy, she tells me, you know, her daddy is turning into a woman. And do I refer to her? Do I refer to that as her mom or her dad? What do I do? So listen, apart from the kids that are going through this, this is messing up other little kids. I, I can tell you, I'm, I'm 68 years old. So I just had my 50th high school reunion. I went through all of school and I didn't know anything about this. This never came up in my life, but I have seen it. I have even seen it in uh, people telling me in Christian schools that five males out of one particular class in a small Christian school somewhere else had gone through this transgender problem mm. and they were living as drag queens and that type of thing from a Christian school. Wow. So, and and this, these are kids who graduated 20, 20 or more years ago. So this is this is a big deal. So the NEA is putting this out there. Uh, there there is a big war going on in the UK between the LGB alliance and a group called Mermaids. They're in litigation. Uh-huh. Mermaids is a transgender support group, right? And they uh, sued the LGB alliance and tried to get LGB alliance's charity designation taken away because they were spreading misinformation. The Lesbian Gay Alliance doesn't want this transgender stuff. They think it's grooming kids. They think it's, it's, it's sexualizing kids. They don't want it. And so the, the transgender people sue the LGB people to get their charity designation taken away. And now there are reports coming out that the authorities in the UK are going after the mermaids organization to get their charity designation taken away. And so when this stuff happens, it's just this, um, it's this constant harassment thing that happens. So here um, there was a, 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 I can't remember who it was. So I was just, this happens every day. Now you get a hospital So I'm looking at some of the things that come my way. There's a Barbara Bush Children's Hospital in Portland, Maine, and they have a gender clinic. And you go to that gender clinic and you can download informational pieces that they give to children. These are these are children like 12, 13 years old. They talk to them about puberty blockers to stop puberty. They, they give them advice on binding, which is what a girl would do to make it look like she doesn't have breasts. Right, yep. They also do a thing called tucking, so it, a male would do that, so it doesn't look like he has male body parts. Yep. And they have these beautiful PDFs that are doing this. Hmm. So now here's what happens just on uh, Monday. The American, the Academy, American Academy of Pediatric, Pediatrics, the AMA, the American Medical Association, and the Children's Hospital Association, representing 270,000 physicians and more than 220 children's hospitals across the country, wrote to the Attorney General of the United States of America, urging him to investigate the organizations, individuals, and entities coordinating, provoking, and carrying out bomb threats and threats of personal violence against children's hospitals and physicians across the U.S. Now, listen, I know some of these activists that are opposed to this stuff that's going on and what they're doing to kids. 
And the AMA letter says this is a problem from Boston to Akron to Nashville to Seattle. So let me be clear. Stand Up for the Truth, John Haller, Fellowship Bible Chapel, Matt Walsh, none of them support violence. The only people doing violence in this case are the people who are cutting off body parts of children. Yes. In children's hospitals to make money. And we need to have a conversation about this at a very high level. Uh, yeah, without being censored. Right. And, and, and it's just, it's absolute nonsense. And, and I think it's part of a bigger agenda, too, that these puberty blockers and stuff and the surgeries, they sterilize children. These, these children will never be able to have children. And John, right, stop right there. This is the dream of radical environmentalists and communists from 50 years ago, that we would cut the population, that we would be able to do this. This is just a creative way. It's evil, but it's another creative way that they're reaching this goal of population control because a lot of these kids, they won't be able to have children. And so, listen, am I allowed to talk about the uh, treatment for Charlie Vector 019er? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, listen, there are people going through some of the documentation on this, and there are very serious concerns about both male and female fertility of people who've taken this, what I call the state-approved treatment for Charlie Vector 019er. It is not an inconsequential problem. You then couple that with, the problem that the world faces today, now, it's, it, the world population in next month will hit 8 billion probably. But we have a demographic problem looming on the world horizon that is going to crush countries, crush economies, crush pension funds, crush health care, because the world is aging. There, there's a few countries that are doing okay. Israel. Uh, African uh, countries, by and large, have a pretty good demographic thing. China is declining. They redid the numbers on China's um, census. And China kind of comes back and says, oh, you know, we, we might have overstated that by 100 million people. And in fact, when they really dig into the numbers, they stated it by almost 100 million females. And so now China and India because of uh, selective uh, sex selection and abortions or mandatory abortions in China for many years mm-hmm. are s- soon to be in a, a situation where between India and China, there will be 200 million males in those two countries that will have no prospect for a wife. What does that do to a culture? Mm. Russia has a demographic problem. Uh, uh, Europe has a demographic problem. Spain is is collapsing. And this is what I, I think you said you played Georgia Maloney from um, Italy. Yep. This is what she's saying. We're not producing people. <laughs> and this has never happened in human history. Populations are collapsing. Japan lost a million population last year. I don't think most people. And when you look at their pyramid, there's very few children on the bottom of the population. Huh. It, it used to look like a pyramid, a lot of kids, and it got less and less until you got up. In Japan's case, they're, you know, they're having a lot more older people, and it, it looks like a, kind of a, a mushroom almost, the way their, their population distribution goes, mm-hmm. their age distribution. This is a problem, and I, I, I do think when we talk about end times and stuff, I personally have talked, I've done seminars or talks about this, that these demographics – um, some countries are are on the verge of collapse. Now, they're not going to collapse right away. Yeah. But the people in charge are like, if I'm going to do something, I need to do it quickly. And the country, in their own newspapers, and this goes back 10 years, the country in the world right now that has suffered from the largest collapse in the fertility rate, the fastest collapse in the fertility rate in human history is Iran. Wow. And where do we see? We see Iran in the newspaper all the time. They're threatening nukes. They're doing this. They're having a lot of protests there right now. Their country is collapsing. I get emails from people who are Iranian expats, and they're saying, you know, pray for the church there. Under severe persecution, nobody likes the regime. 
And then what I saw last night or the night before were uh, Iranian Revolutionary Guards rolling into the streets of Tehran and a bunch of other cities to quell down the protests that are going because women are tired of the oppression. They don't yeah. want to wear the hijab and stuff. And But over 100 people have died in the protests there, and it's something that a lot of people aren't talking about. Exactly. Back to the tr- hey, John, we've got to take a break already. Um, we're going to talk so much more when we come back. Tucker Carlson has been doing segments on possible U.S. involvement in the Nord Stream sabotage. Also, uh, Emperor Newsom in California signs AB 107, a bill to give sanctuary to transgender youth that come in from other states. And speaking of regimes, we'll mention America's censorship regime. What's that about? More with John Haller in just a minute on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. We're back with Pastor John Haller. You can check out his prophecy updates on his yet-to-be-deleted YouTube channel. (laughs) But uh, I want to quote from this article now from Harbinger's Daily on John MacArthur, Pastor John MacArthur, highlighting Gavin Newsom's un biblical worldview, and he said this, In addition to these abortion-related measures, Governor Newsom also signed SB 107, a controversial law that allows California courts to temporarily take custody of a child experiencing gender dysphoria. Incredibly, the law empowers state courts to take custody of -of out-of-state children seeking gender-affirming health care. The term gender-affirming health care often includes cross-sex hormones, puberty blockers, and even permanent irreversible surgeries. Final sentence. Thus, under California's new law, minor children struggling with gender confusion can come to California to receive drugs and treatments without parental notification or permission. It's a lengthy article, John, at Harbinger's Daily. I encourage people to check it out. But let's talk about this. And, I mean, what happens in California doesn't stay in California. No, and it, it usually and, – and they don't care right now. I mean, and, and they're doing the same thing with abortions, by the way. They're yep. making themselves a sanctuary safe for abortion. So yep. if you're a child and your parents may not want you to you get pregnant and you're under the age of 18 or 16 – and your parents may want to have you put the kid up for adoption. They, they want to interfere in the parental relationship. In fact, there's a, a state senator out there. His name is, um, I think it's Samuel Weiner uh, from San Francisco. You can imagine his orientation. And he is constantly putting in legislation now, things to undermine parental authority. So here is an example that they are they don't care what the parents want. They are going to make this a sanctuary state for transgenders it's interesting they always want to be a sanctuary state but i'm sure that if governor abbott or DeSantis started shipping illegal immigrants to that state they would say well no wait we can't handle these we and i by the way i don't understand why florida has so many illegal immigrants that doesn't make sense to me but um <clears throat> they're getting there somehow yeah so anyway so Governor Grusom, as we like to refer to him, has put in place this law. I heard today, too, David, that in the state of Illinois, that Planned Parenthood, and can we just, can I just do a sidebar here on Planned Parenthood, a little rift on them? Go. Why do they call it Planned Parenthood when they're trying to stop people from being parents? Preventing parenthood. It should be preventing parenthood. Yes. Correct. <laughs> You talk about somebody that's, that's, that's been misnamed for right. its entire existence. <laughs> and so then we have, uh, but they've got an, they, they're putting together a mobile abortion RV. Wow. And they're going to put it on the, near the borders of states that have restricted abortion and say, Hey, we got an abortion clinic here. Just come across the border. We'll get you your abortion drugs. And I fact, I think that. They're even doing a thing now where you can be in another state where there are abortion restrictions, and California is setting up uh, telemedicine 
facilities. You know, you call up the doctor and you do it online over the phone and they will prescribe for you the morning after pill and they'll make arrangements for you to get it. Okay. That's amazing. And the whole thing is out of control. So I think any hope that conservatives had right now that uh, the overturning of Roe by the Dobbs decision is it's just, we're in a bigger fight than we've ever been in, in the pro-life community. Oh, we sure are. Well, in the biblical worldview community, we are, in a, we are in the biggest fight, both spiritual and what's being played out in the public square. Uh, we've never seen it at this point. But, uh, John, uh, we should move on to one of the next stories, and that is um, America's censorship regime. You sent me this looking at the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. Tell us what that's about. Well, what so we have a con- we have a thing in the United States called a constitution, <laughs> and occasionally it's referred to. <laughs> yes, um, but it's referred to in great ignorance. In fact, I would highly recommend that you go get the voting rights case as it before the Supreme Court today and listen to the audio of the new uh, Chief Justice or not the new Justice on the Supreme Court that Biden appointed. She is a radical leftist. Yep. This is she may be the worst one ever appointed. And that's just based on the first oral argument that she heard. She is, I I think, well, just listen to it and come to your own conclusion. So what the DHS has done, we know that the government is not allowed to censor speech because of the First Amendment. The government is not allowed to make laws. So what has been done under this regime that we have in place right now is that they have outsourced censorship. So when they see something they don't like, they call up Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, whatever, and say, hey, there is disinformation out there. You need to take it down. And you remember the little drama we had last year when they appointed this lady uh, to be the uh, – I, I called her the propaganda nanny. Uh, she was going to head up this uh, disinformation unit at the Department of Homeland yes, Security. Yes. And everybody complained. And so she resigned and was, oh, they were so mean to me. And they just did this because I was a woman. It's no, it's because a uh, scary Poppins. She was a <laughs> show tunes on her Twitter camera. Yeah. So the, the propaganda nanny, scary Poppins. She went away, and every and so what happened was a lot of people sort of oh good we we got away with that one. It never stopped. Exactly. They just didn't have a name to put it to, and now through um, Judicial Watch and uh, John Solomon's organization, Just the News, and others, they're coming up with these reports, and they're showing that there were thousands and thousands of conserv almost always conservative leaning. I imagine that had their posts censored, shadow banned, yep. taken down, uh, people blocked. I mean, Libs of TikTok does a great job. They keep getting kicked off of Twitter. Uh, and and they're, they're getting kicked off of Twitter because they're, like, putting up videos that are on the websites of these hospitals that are doing transgender surgeries mm. or teachers that are in our schools. Yep. And, and these people put their videos up on the Internet, and then lives of TikTok just says, hey, look at this. And they get censored because they're it, it's the whole thing is is totally out of control. Yeah, I like so one quote. Is, from and you this. just need to know that they're they're coming after us. Jacinda Ardern, who is the prime minister of New Zealand, was in New York a couple of weeks ago. And she did a news conference with Emmanuel Macron. They're both graduates of the World Economic Forum Young Leadership School. And they were talking about we need to control misinformation, disinformation on the Internet. Last Friday at the U.N. General Assembly, Jacinda Ardern gave another speech in which she said the same thing. She goes, we as leaders need to be able to control this because this misinformation, these are the new weapons of war. Yeah. So they think it's a war. So let's you know, you almost have to take the fight to them. Um, and so at some point, you know, Christians are going to have to set up their own social media sites and, and get away completely from these. We, we've been able to stay on YouTube just because there's a couple topics 
that I won't talk about. <laughs> That's funny. But I've been, I've been, I've, I've received a, a, several strikes uh, from YouTube. Yeah. Uh, one was because I was talking about so, the treatment for Charlie Vector, but I was quoting the CDC. Oh my goodness! And it was sort of like, and they they gave me a strike for misinformation, and I'm wow. like, I'm talking about, I'm quoting, and I'm always, I I'm very uh, magnanimous is that. I don't. I don't say what somebody else said. I usually play the video clip, or I read from the document and I show the document. Yeah. But that still doesn't matter. But I've I've had three strikes that I've appealed that uh, were uh, uh, YouTube overturned itself and well, and took the strike off our channel. Well, it's important because John, it's not coming. We've been dealing with this even before the 2020 election, even before Donald Trump came on the scene. They were already, you know doing things like shadow banning Christians. And uh, in this article, America's censorship regime, it says the government has acquired a taste for censorship and its appetite is only growing. And it's interesting, John Haller, the parallel with Italy's Giorgia Maloney, about, she stands for God, family, children, and country, and nationalism. And the left hates her. And the media, even in America, has attacked her as Mussolini's ghost or whatever. And it's just the furthest from the point. She's just, in fact, Italy, they elected her. The people elected her, which shows that the elites, the globalists, and the left is out of touch with the average person. Just your quick thoughts before we move on. This is this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to shut down anybody who dissents from the accepted politically correct line. So they become a fascist. The fascists are the people that are shutting down free speech. Let me, I just refer you to this article. I think I sent it to you. It is uh, uh, in the International Journal of Sociology. It was just, it was published last year. And it looked about the development of anti-transgender debates in the United Kingdom. And we've been talking about that a little bit. And what they did was, the, the guy looked at it, he says, it was amazing that, you know, this topic came up and it was, gender um, gender critical feminists who came out and it was people like gender critical feminists. And it was people like uh, the, the lady who wrote the Harry Potter books. I can't remember her name. I mean, she's been just lambasted on, on social media because she says, I, well, we should have bathrooms for women. I mean, there's an example of a school in Vermont. It's a, like a volleyball team. And one, they have a trans, a male, claiming to be a female on the volleyball team. All of the girls on the team said, we don't want to change in the same locker room as a male, someone who has male genitalia and all of this. They are now being investigated by their school for bullying. Wow. Because they complained about that. And the school said, we have a separate, if you want a separate facility, we have a single stall bathroom where all all of the team can change. This guy can still use the female locker room because we don't want to make him feel bad. About wow. Himself. Wow. Things are just turned upside down. And, and so what, and so what this article in this journal in the UK journal of sociology, the growth of the anti-transgender movement in the United kingdom, the silent radicalization of the British electorate. And guess what? They eventually get around at the end of this article the tying this back to, you know, usually we didn't worry about this, but guess what? Now we have this thing on January 6th, and now we know that these movements will become uh, violent. And this is what this is what you said to Ardern was talking about, weapons of war with people who stand up against this. And guess who they talk about a lot in this article? It's these evangelicals who wow. oppose this. Yep. They're going to go violent. They're going to they're going to start planting bombs in places and that type of thing. How do we know it's not activists who are doing this? I mean, how many fake um, racial incidents have we seen in colleges? Almost every one of them eventually turns out to be fake. Uh, you know, where somebody's, somebody does this <clears throat> to get attention. Uh, so this is this is a big problem. This is going to be with us. And, I mean, Christians, we know that you know, the, the, the world's going to hate us. I mean, yep. Jesus says this in Matthew 24, that, and what they're going to do, they're come after you with what? 
magistrates and judges. They're going to use the legal system. And I think this is the beginning of the fulfillment of Bible prophecy on this topic. Uh, John, we've just got three minutes left in this segment. I just want to share, since we're talking about censorship, and you brought up Charlie Vector 019er, um, breaking news from Dr. Simone Gold. I just saw this now. She said, after the CDC objected, ICAN won a lawsuit which compelled the CDC to turn over the safe COVID vaccine injury data. The data is shocking. It shows 7.7% required medical care after vaccination. 25% had serious side effects. And according to the data, out of the 10 million people who used this V-safe, 3.3 million were hurt. 6.4 million health impacts were reported by V-safe users. And we don't have time to get into all the details, but we'll probably do that another time. But but that's more information is going to come out since this was a lawsuit that uh, ICAN, ICANN won. Uh, your brief thoughts, because we just have a minute. You know, I, I've listened to Dr. Simone for a long time. I don't know her. I know people who know her respect her quite a bit. Um, you know, she spent some time in prison because of the January 6th thing. She walked into the state, the Capitol Rotunda with a bullhorn, stayed within the ropes and everything. And she, but she was, they trumped up charges against her. And this is what they're doing. They're weaponizing the legal system against people who oppose the regime. So you have the, I think you had the, yesterday on the show, you had your, your guest was talking about the father, the, the uh, pro-life father who would uh, push the guy out of the way, out of the face of this kid yep. and was arrested by about 20 FBI agents in the early in the morning with their guns drawn, long rifles drawn, pointed at his head. Yeah. When his attorney had said, hey, if, if you're going to arrest him, we'll bring him down and he'll turn himself in. No problem. He's a law abiding guy. He'll do that. No, they've got to make a statement. It's, and it's being done to intimidate people. And the whole thing is it's really out of control. It's it, and it's troubling. It's very yeah. troubling. Yeah. John Haller is our guest today, friends. We've got to take another break. But when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about how the U.N. now claims to own the science. Also, the curious whodunit of Nord Streams 1 and 2. We'll talk a little bit about that, and we'll try to squeeze some information on Israel in in our last segment. Coming up next on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Back with John Haller. Thanks, guys, for staying with us and your support, of course. Remember to go to our resources at StandUpForTheTruth.com. One word, resources. That'll take you to a listing, alphabetical order, uh, more than 200 resources, ministries, Great places you can get news and views from the biblical worldview. John Haller, you, the United Nations is claiming to own the science. I see uh, Dr. Robert Malone uh, is talking about that. Yeah. Shit, what's that about? Yeah, it's a good article from the Epic Times. So uh, he has a clip that he refers to from Melissa Fleming, uh, who is the UN Global Communications Representative. And I'll play the clip in my update on Sunday at Fellowship Bible Chapel. But she, here's what she said. We partner with Google, for example. If you search, if you Google climate change at the top of your search, you will get all kinds of UN resources. We started this partnership when we were shocked to see that when we Google climate change, we were getting incredibly distorted information right at the top. We are becoming much more proactive. We own the science and we think that the world should know it and the platforms themselves also do. But again, it's a huge challenge that I think all sectors of society need to be very active. This plays right in to what I just uh, talked to you about, about Jacinda Ardern from uh, speaking at the UN on September 3rd. Now, um, Jacinda Ardern, by the way, during the whole Charlie Vector crisis, she, she came out. I have the clip. I've played it many times. I may trot it out on Sunday because I think it's a good reminder. She said, we, we, the government, we will be the sole, your sole source of information on this. Do not trust anybody else. We will give you the information that you need. 
do not trust anybody else. And so here in the United States, where uh, in that article I was referring to from the Sociology Journal said, you know, it seems like this free speech thing seems to be kind of an important thing in the Anglo-Saxon world. Yeah. And, and the guy lives in the Anglo-Saxon world and takes advantage of the free speech thing. To crit- it, it, these people, they, this, is, this is a Romans 1 world. The yeah. Romans 1 world says that eventually God will give them over to a reprobate mind. And when you unpack that and what that really means, it means they lose the ability to reason. Yes. And so here's Dr. Malone, who's been one of the uh, people that I followed all the way through this Charlie Vector thing. <clears throat> what she's saying is they want to control everything that opposition scientists say. This is happening on state levels. I have friends who are doctors. They are keeping track of what they're seeing going on with the vaccine and everything. And in in COVID, okay? And and they're telling me, John, I'm seeing cancers like I've never seen. I'm seeing people with strokes and blood clots that are young and healthy and active. That I've I've been practicing for 40 years. I've never seen this. But I bring it up at medical board meetings with other doctors. And everybody wants to know, everybody, everybody says, uh, I don't want to, they don't want to talk about it. And now in California, it, they're now interfering not only in the parent-child relationship, but in the doctor-patient relationship. Because if they, they want to say, hey, if you're giving us information, uh, the information to your patients that we don't like, we're going to take your medical license away from you. Hmm. Just like they fired all these people that they fired, you know, now Canada, I can go to Canada because they were requiring a vaccine before. And I've had COVID a couple times, but they were requiring a vaccine. Now they're not, but are all the people who got fired, all the policemen and firemen and pilots and everything, are they going to get their jobs back? Now that these are no longer required, there is a there is an evil spirit of loose in the world. Yeah. So I think I think we need to talk about the pipelines. And yeah. Let's do that. Baltic. Okay. So there's Nord Stream pipeline. So back in January, Nord Stream two. There, there are two pipelines that cost billions of dollars. They've taken many years to construct. Nord Stream one's been operating for about ten years or so. And Europe gets about uh, 40% of its gas from Russia and about a third of the gas that they would get from Russia comes through Nord Stream 1 and a third through Nord Stream 2. That's the theory. So about 55 billion cubic feet a year through each pipeline. And then what happened the other day was the they saw the surface of the water bubbling up. And now the question is, who blew up the pipelines? Now, Nord Stream 2, there's clips out there of Victoria Newland and President Biden back in February saying, we're not going to let Nord Stream 2 get started. We're, going to, we're not going to let it come online. And they put pressure on the Germans, and the Germans shut it down. The Germans never got a centimeter of gas from Nord Stream 2. It, it, it was just never operational. It was a new pipeline. Trump had sanctioned it back when he was still president. Biden removed the sanctions, then Biden put them back on, and Germany went along with it. And then Nord Stream 1 had been shut down as of about September 1st because of maintenance. And Europe Europe needs gas. 40% of the gas that Europe uses, uh, mainland Europe, comes through that pipeline. Well, Germany made a bet a long time ago and said, we're going to use renewables. We're going to use solar power and wind. And we're going to have all this power and people aren't going to have to work and they can go down and they can have coffee and then go to the museum and look at wonderful pictures and everything. And they'll have a wonderful life. (laughs) But the problem is they these power solar and wind are not 24 seven. And to have a power grid, you need 24 seven power. (laughs) I mean, I even saw people saying, oh, well, if they just had solar panels down in Florida, everything would be okay after the hurricane. They would have been blown away. Jeez. You know, central central power stations, big power stations, they don't get blown away in hurricanes. They're built like fortresses. Nuclear yep. power plants are like fortresses. But so Germany made the bet, and Trump went to the UN a couple of years ago, and he said, "Germany." At the at his speech at the UN, he said, 
you guys are getting too dependent on Russian gas. And then they clip, they turn the cameras on the German uh, delegation listening to the speech, and they were laughing at Trump. Well, who's laughing now? Yep, exactly. Europe is in very serious trouble. Um, you can replace some of this with liquefied natural gas. I know there's hope that Israel will send that. Israel just, they don't have the capacity right now. There's a shortage of LNG liquefied natural gas containers. These things, and it, it's about four times more expensive to get the gas to the customer than it is through a pipeline. Pipeline is the best. But we shut down pipelines in the United States. They're shutting down pipelines. Ukraine shut down. Now Russia can only go through Turkey. Uh, Israel was going to build a pipeline from the eastern Mediterranean, but the United States came in and said, you know, we don't really like hydrocarbon projects like this. We don't think they're economically viable because we're going to get off all hydrocarbons in the next 20 years. So why are we going to spend billions of dollars financing and building a pipeline well, that can be difficult to be built? Well, when did that ever stop people from spending money in the U.S.? I mean, they just sent, I think, another $17.5 billion in aid to Ukraine. Um, actually, that's, the, that's since the beginning of the Biden administration. Do you know that the EastMed pipeline that Israel wants to build Estimated cost on that from Israel to Italy. Uh, and it's very technically difficult because some of the ocean there is 9,000 feet deep. So it, it's it's hard to do. But it, it can be done. I mean, we have great engineers in the world today. It would have cost $10 billion. So we're giving more money that we really don't have yep. to Ukraine. It seems like every week I'm reading about a billion here, a billion here, $10 billion here, $17 billion here. And the leftists complain that, well, over 10 years, you might give Israel $38 billion. That's over 10 years. Yeah. I and mean, we've done way over double that to Ukraine thus far. So these pipelines, somebody took out these pipelines. So we don't and know. So now there's no, we don't know. I mean, I think you can, listen, <laughs> you can make the case that the United States did it. And people take this clip from Biden. But I think in the context, Biden was saying Nord Stream 2 is not going to start. He didn't really say anything about Nord Stream 1. And Nord Stream 1 got shut down, and Russia says, okay, you know, listen, you guys don't want my gas. I'm going to sell it to India and China. Now, there's a problem there because they don't have the capacity yet. They have some pipelines they're building to China, but they're not going to open for another two or three years. So there's a, a capacity problem. There's a lack of LNG, uh, liquefied natural gas container ships. There's only four uh, – 641 in the world. They expect to deliver another 260 are being constructed, and they'll be delivered by the end of 2028. So the world is in a serious energy crunch. I told you, I drove up to by Cleveland for a golf outing on Monday, and the freeway interchange exits, the gas was $3.49 a gallon for regular. Hmm. I And I thought I was going to go get gas on Monday, but I thought, ah, I'll just get it when I get back. I'll get it on Tuesday. I drive home. It's three ninety nine. It's gone up fifty cents in one day. Yep. Hey, John, I mean, last week I paid two sixty nine. Uh, two weeks ago, two sixty nine for gas at one station. It, it's and and we're draining our strategic petroleum reserves. There's a lack of energy in the world right now. OPEC just came out yesterday and said, hey, we're going to cut production by 2 million barrels per day. Now, yeah. the United States, Canada, Mexico, and, uh, uh, and other countries that we could form a consortium with against OPEC, we could ramp up production in over the next year for an additional 13 million barrels of oil per day. But are we going to do that because of the the lunatics that we have in charge in Washington? But that has a ripple effect. The gas is very important to fertilizer. Already in Europe, most fertilizer companies are shutting down because they can't afford the utility bills. And they're going to produce maybe 35% of the fertilizer next year for that they do this year. Well, mm. what's that going to do? Crop yields are going to be down. Yeah. So whatever food crisis you think is this year, just wait till next year. And I go to the store because I want to know what's going on. And I'm looking at things 
And the only thing I know that hasn't gone up so far is the $4.99 uh, rotisserie chicken at Costco. <laughs> um, and so, and I see people going in and buying 10 of those things at a time. Wow. Um, it's like the best deal out there, but um, food is going to be a problem. I'm just telling people, yeah, you can trust the Lord and the Lord has promised to provide, but he's also given us a brain. Okay, and I, I like to use the example. We know that Jesus could walk on water, but except that one time, he always took a boat. So <laughs> yeah. even Jesus used common sense. Okay, so don't, you, you know, maybe there will be a miracle and that type of thing, but the food situation is going to get worse. And I've heard estimates of, uh, famine problems for 100 million people worldwide this year, even more next year, as this food crisis kind of ripples through. So we have this, um, It's it, the, the world economy is in a dire situation. I had another article I sent you uh, from Bank of America. Two minutes, John. That this, okay, that this year, World wealth has declined by $46 trillion. Wow, that's amazing. That's that... pension funds, that's your 401k, that's your stock portfolio. And now it's hitting uh, with the increase of mortgage rates and anything I'm hearing from realtors that uh, I have a realtor friend in California. She's writing to me and she's like, it's, it's a disaster out here. The, the number of people who could afford a house in California now has been cut in half in a week. Wow. Unbelievable. And now what are people going to do? Now you have all these people in Fort Myers Beach and Sanibel and Florida where they have a housing shortage, and now you have thousands of homes destroyed. And where are those people going to go to live? Now we have a homeless problem. Uh, John, now we're going to have insurance companies failing. It's the the world is a mess. That's yep, this has this to is, be look uh, forward to the return of the Lord. Yeah, got to follow up on this. We've got to get you on uh, at least the first week in November, uh, if not before. Sure. But thanks for your time and all the great research that you do. Uh, blessings, brother. Um, Thank you, David. Friends, on Monday we've got Pete Garcia back with us, and uh, we've got Pastor Jeff Solwald with us on Tuesday, Calvary Chapel, Madison. Kevin McGarry of Every Black Life Matters on Wednesday, Pastor Carl Gallops on Thursday, and Scott Lively on Friday. Thank you guys so much again. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.